Welcome to the Inspire to Invest podcast, where we're sharing stories from real estate investors and how investing has changed their lives. This episode of the Inspire to Invest podcast has been brought to you by Fluent Capital. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Inspire to Invest podcast. I have Lori May Peroff here with me today, and she was actually someone that played a pivotal role in my real estate investing journey and gave me the encouragement that I needed to educate myself and move forward. So to give you a little bit more detail on her, she started her real estate investing a little bit later in life at the age of 50. And over the past decade, she's built up a huge portfolio, including private lending, buy and hold, multifamily, land development, and also running a MIC. She runs a monthly meetup tailored to the unique needs of mature investors who are 50 plus years called the Silver Hair Investing Team. She has 14 corporations, which include Sweet Sweet Home and More Doors Capital. And she also is a proud pet mom to a Bengal cat named Litibu, which is named after one of her investment properties. So Lori May, thank you so much for being here today. How are you? I am well. Thank you for inviting me, Serena. I've been looking forward to this. Yeah, I have been as well. Obviously, we had connected several years back and we had kind of an indirect association through your daughter-in-law, which I think really helped just make me feel really comfortable and confident just in terms of some of the decisions that I was making back then. Uh, But I guess just to bring people back who don't know you, what were you doing before real estate investing came into the picture? Because you obviously had 50 years prior to that happening. So what did life look like for you before that? Well, I never was very good at sticking to one job. I jumped around careers fairly frequently. But the uh, 10 years before, I was working uh, at a college teaching Microsoft Office Suite to uh, first-year college students who didn't think they had anything to learn about Microsoft Office Suite. Turns out that's pretty transferable skill to tenants who don't think they need to pay rent. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Yeah, I can see how rounding up students and tenants could be similar in some different ways. Mm -hmm. So then... How did you discover real estate investing and like what was the catalyst to really kind of go down this path to where you are today? Uh, So uh, unfortunately, my father passed away at the same time that we were moving from Ontario to Alberta. So I felt like I had lost all all forms of safety net uh, underneath me. Dad did leave quite a nice little inheritance. And like anybody else that has newfound money, I was burning through it. I had the camper, we had the vacation, I had the new furniture, bought the the, uh, computer, new computer, new barbecue for hubby, and was looking at the bank account doing this just dropping like a rock and said to myself, you know what, dad would really want us to have a safety net, I need something tangible, something that I can touch and feel that feels like my dad's taking care of me. So I bought a pre construction condo up the street from blueprints that wasn't wasn't built yet. uh, But it was just up the street. So I could sit in my window and watch them build it. You know, hey, buddy, that's too long a coffee break, get back to work. (laughs) Really enjoyed watching that go up. And the reason why I went for a pre construction condo instead of something that was already, you know, bricks and sticks and ready to go, um, I was scared to be a landlord. So I thought this would give me a couple of years to figure that out. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So then how did you figure it out? Like, over that period of time? Like, were you focused on just reading up on it? Like, what kind of things did you do to educate yourself? No, it turns out two years goes by very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And you wind up in possession of a condo and not really much idea how to do it. Uh, So I wound up uh, at first working with property manager. Yeah. And how did that process go in terms of not well, well. (laughs) the property manager I hired uh, basically from a Google search 
uh, he uh, he held my money for 15 days. He didn't do anything. He sourced tenants, but then I wasn't allowed to have any information about the tenants. Yeah. I didn't know their name or anything about them whatsoever yeah. uh, until it came time that they needed something. So if they needed something, he'd reach out to me and ask me if I wanted to do it. And yes, I did because I'm cheap. <laughs> so, so for example, the TV broke in one of our furnished units. So I, I wanted to buy a new TV at a Black Friday sale, take it yeah. down. I uh, installed it, met the fellow that way. Now the fellow has my contact information. Yeah. And is sidestepping the property manager. I wound up dealing directly with the tenant myself. And the yeah. only benefit the property manager was holding was taking my money for 15 mm. days. Yeah, that's not easy. Oh, so then how did them and took it over like, myself. <laughs> obviously, you started small with a pre-construction condo. So then how did that lead into like private lending, buy and hold, like land development? Like obviously, you've done <laughs> so much. So then how did you make that jump from like one small investment into all these other things? Baby steps and learn from them. So uh, from the condo, I joined uh, that same network that you joined, yeah. uh, learned a lot from them and wound up buying a house uh, and thought that I could put in a basement suite. Yeah, Learned a whole lot from that experience. I also learned about doing some investing into larger corporations, yeah. uh, into land development. So that was my first taste of private lending for an equity yeah. position. Um, both of those went well and you learn from those and you grow from those. You just yeah. slowly expand it. The snowball starts very, very small. You're just making it. But once it starts rolling downhill, if you keep up with the momentum, it can yeah. grow as big as you want it to grow. Yeah, no, I love that. Uh, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about your experience? I know you've worked with Land Development on the passive side, but now you're also doing stuff on the active side. So you can you talk a little bit more about what you're working on in that capacity? Yeah, so uh, primarily I'm known for capital raising. So I, I get into partnerships with people that have viable, great projects. Yeah. Uh, I work with people that are fairly new at, at this in one corporation. I yeah. go with them with an equity position and help them learn how it is to work with a partner, how you should be keeping your books, all, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, And then once they get into bigger, more substantial projects, then that comes out into its own corporation. That's a yeah. specific deal that we're working on. Yeah. So I'm doing one right now in Souk, BC, and yeah. uh, it's going quite well. It's uh, it's a very interesting process. I've learned a lot about good partnerships through this process. Yeah. So what would be some of those things? Like, I'm sure by saying good partners, you've had some bad partners. I have. <laughs> so for anyone that is entertaining... The possibility of a partnership, what do you think are some of the most important things that someone should look for? One of the things that I didn't put a lot of thought into, uh, you have a good project and everything looks good. I think that we can partner on this. Yeah. There's more to it than that. It's very much like a marriage. You're living yeah. with that person and those decisions for years. Yeah. Uh, and, and you need to have very similar value systems, very similar priorities. Yeah. Uh, you need to be able to communicate in a way that's comfortable for both of you. Yeah. Good news and bad news. So I think uh, I think I learned to put a lot more uh, due diligence into the upfront partnership yeah. selection, same as you would picking a spouse. Yeah. Uh, the, other, <laughs> yeah. yeah. the other thing I learned was um, be very um, uh, role specific while you're still loving each other and all excited about the project, 
flesh out your very defined roles. If yeah. I have my lane, I can run in my lane. I don't have to worry about my partners jumping yeah. in my lane. For sure, their input is encouraged. I want to hear from them. But yeah. at the end of the day, this part is my responsibility. Yeah. And that part is their responsibility. Yeah. Now, have you had issues when you're working with partners where they're not upholding the responsibilities in their lane? Yeah, I have. <laughs> and how did you manage a situation like that? Like, did you eventually dissolve the partnership or did you bring in someone new? Uh, I've done both things. Um, and I've also just lost money. They've, they basically just took off with funds. So oh, no. a, lot, a lot of learning, but please use my learning so that you don't need to learn those lessons. Yeah. When you look at that lesson, is there anything you would have done differently if you go back and do it again? Like if you're dealing with investors money and someone like runs off with it, like I'm sure there's legal consequences. So like, how would you be handling something like that? Well, luckily, this wasn't investor money, so <laughs> it was my own. Uh, but uh, the way I learned to deal with it was to make those those um, user roles yeah. very much upfront. Yeah. Get that very well defined. Have have things built in. If you don't do your job to to a certain level, um, at what point can we step in and bring somebody in professional to fulfill your yeah. role? How is that paid for? All sorts of different conversations up front that are very, very difficult to have while you're caught up in the enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. But do it anyway. The biggest lesson I learned from that first one is don't let the enthusiasm of the project allow you to start the project before the paperwork's done. Yeah, yeah. No, I can understand that. And I, I think at the end of the day, there's time is always of the essence, right? And things are moving yes. along quickly. So it can be some people become more focused on landing the deal ahead of maybe where they're ready when they're working with partners or, or whatever that is. Um, the hard, the hardest part to remember is there's always another deal coming, right? Yeah. So you know, like it's not like one and done. There's plenty of them out there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, now looking at your portfolio right now, like what does that look like in terms of number of doors or whatever you're comfortable sharing, just so everyone can understand how you started with this condo and then where you are today? So I don't really count the number of doors um, too much. I, I know I have 53 at the moment, uh, but to me, that's not the full focus of my portfolio. Yeah. Um, I'm more proud probably of achieving a 20% annualized return on my self-directed funds. I think yeah. that's uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, and also my capital raising ability is to partner yeah. with people. So I do yeah. enjoy enjoy that side of things. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Uh, now, when you look back at the last 10 years, what would you say is something that you're most proud of? <laughs> Raising my children to be two functioning mm -hmm. adults. That yeah. just, they both, um, my my number one goal when I was having children, I was raised to be not independent. I was yeah. very, 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 24 years old. I didn't even know what my car insurance cost. Like yeah. I was very, very, very protected uh, by my parents. So my yeah. goal to raise my children was to have them be very independent. Yeah. They have overshot that mark a little bit. I have one living in Erie, Pennsylvania, and the other one living in Brisbane, Australia. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> wow. So I miss them a lot, uh, yeah. but I'm so, so, so proud of them. They're both chasing their passions and they're not yeah. settling for anything less than their passion. That's awesome. Are they investing in real estate? Uh, uh, one is the other one would like to be, but hasn't gotten there yet. She's yeah. done the odd private loan, but she hasn't done anything, um, uh, in terms of buying properties yet. Yeah. 
Now, in terms of um, obstacles, what do you think is one of the biggest obstacles that you've faced as you've educated yourself and grown your portfolio? I think my biggest obstacle was hiring staff. Just uh, in order to level up, I had to learn to let go of a few things. Like most entrepreneurs, I prefer to do everything myself. (laughs) And learning that other people are actually better at a number of tasks, especially those tasks I don't like, and they're better at it and more efficient at it than I am. It, It was a big learning lesson. My biggest fear in hiring staff was I felt that I had to have enough surplus income at least to be able to pay them an annual salary. Yeah. So I thought I needed forty or 50000 in order to hire uh, hire an assistant and hire staff. You don't need that. Yeah. All, all you need is a month to two months. Yeah. Once you've got a month or two months of salary saved up that you can pay this staff member, by that time, they're going to free up your time enough that they're paying for themselves by you being able to get more business. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. And I think for any entrepreneur, whether they're a real estate investor or a business owner, it's always that ebb and flow in the beginning. Like you have to budget for things appropriately, but it's just shifting your mindset to also understand if you're paying those lower value tasks, how much time it opens up for you to focus on what's more important, like driving sales and productivity and things like that. So exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't like, I'm not fond of the word lower value because all of it's high value. Yeah. Mean, if you could pay someone $10 an hour to do something and you can go after $500 an hour Yes, productivity. Exactly. Like it's just a, a way to look at it different. It is all important. It just depends on where it should be important to you. Yeah, I look at it more the routine tasks. I, yeah. I use that. So the things that I'm doing repetitively that yeah. I can create a process for and give to somebody else, especially yeah. somebody else whose strength that is, maybe they yeah. can improve my process. And often they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that was probably my biggest lesson from a mentor I had was just hiring a bookkeeper. And at that point in time, I just, where I struggled was how do you communicate all of these hundreds of people we have to pay every week based on like who they are, what they're being paid. And it was really just a matter of trying to come up with the appropriate system to communicate that from our team to the bookkeeper. But then I went from spending anywhere from four hours to two days a week on payroll to like, I would hit a button submit and then I would transfer the money. (laughs) So you can imagine like how much more time I found in my schedule to focus on things. So our sales pretty much doubled the year that we hired a bookkeeper. And I was like, why didn't I do this like five years ago or eight years ago, you know, just, but I had to understand like, yes, it's going to cost money. It might be a thousand dollars a month or 2000 a month, but it would free up so much at that time. Right. That's exactly the lesson I had to learn. Exactly. Like you see yourself level up and it's like, how did that happen? Oh, because I have her now. (laughs) That's how that happened. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) But letting go isn't easy, but on that Note, we're just going to take a really brief break for a word from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Inspired to Invest is proud to support the Beyond Success program. In today's complex world, it's absolutely crucial for our youth to learn how to take charge of their financial future. We believe that every young person deserves access to accurate, practical financial information. Designed to bridge the gap, the Beyond Success program leverages a comprehensive educational bootcamp to equip young minds with essential financial literacy skills. At Beyond Success, it's not just about teaching financial literacy, it's also about fostering a foundation for a prosperous and empowered future. Join us. Together we can build a brighter financial future for the next generations. Join us. Together we can build a brighter financial future for the next generations. 
we are so excited to announce the launch of Fluent Capital, a competitive investment and lending solution to all of our clients. We're providing competitive investment rates as well as alternative lending options for first and second mortgages. Our mission is preservation of capital through rigorous underwriting processes to ensure we preserve your investment. So what makes Fluent different from other investment firms? We have a low fee structure with full transparency. Our investors receive the interest income as well as all the other fees that we charge to our borrowers. That includes administration fees, renewal fees, discharge fees, and origination fees. At Fluent Capital, we're all about risk management and preservation of your capital. Fluent Capital, we speak your language. Thanks again for following along with this episode of Inspired to Invest. In addition to real estate, investing, and running my own brand experience agency for 18 years, I also published a book called The Accidental Entrepreneur in October of 2021. This is my story, and it chronicles how I turned tragedy into triumph to embrace my destiny in entrepreneurship. If you're interested in picking up a copy, you can find the link at serenahomesrealtor.com, and you can also find my link tree with all of the retailers in the details below. Thanks again for your support. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Inspire to Invest podcast. I have Lori May Pierroff here with me today, and she's sharing all the wisdom from her past 10 years as a real estate investor and business owner. So I guess one question I have is what would be the craziest thing that's ever happened to you as a real estate investor so far? You know, the ones that stand out are the bad news stories. So before I give the two craziest things that happened to me, I want to say that, you know, 53 doors have have a fair bit of, of stuff going on. And, and the vast majority of it has been super, super, super just fine. But the craziest one, I um, I was pretty early on and I was renting one of our first condos to um, a couple. I was showing them, actually. I uh, had a couple that I really, really liked, young couple, but they couldn't take the place for about six weeks. Yeah. Had another fellow that kind of gave me the creeps, uh, but on paper, he looked fine and he was able to take it in two weeks. So, of course, I wanted the vacancy filled sooner rather than later. Yeah. I decided to go with the fellow in two weeks. At the same time, I was heading out of town. So I head out of town and I tell my daughter, um, make sure he gets the keys, signs the lease, get the deposit from him. And we're good to go yeah. at moving. So she, she agrees to do all that. Well, he comes with cash money for the deposit instead yeah. of a check. Well, my daughter knows herself pretty good. If she takes cash money, it's never going to see me. <laughs> Especially since I'm not down. She'll be shopping on the way home. So she says, no, no, keep your money. My mom can come collect that later. Yeah. So here's the fellow now. He's got the keys, has a lease. Oh, no. Possession of the property. We have zero dollars. So I get home and I, I call him up and I say, I, I call try to call him up and I get nowhere. So I send texts, no responses. I'm There's just no communication. And I'm just trying to figure out how the move-in went. So finally, I start getting frustrated and I Google the guy. He comes up on my screen as an arsonist oh, great. in Florida for setting setting furnished condos on fire and oh, building God. burning down condo buildings. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I rented him a furnished condo suite. <laughs> so, needless to say, the uh, three and a half hour trip from my home to Edmonton uh, to Calgary, where the condo was, uh, yeah. took about two hours. Oh, dear. <laughs> Flew down. 
found out he hadn't moved in, found out he hadn't done anything because I had told him previously that we were changing the locks. I was able to change the locks, yeah. prevented him from getting in. Three months later, I got a phone call from him asking me for the new door code because he couldn't get into the building. And I explained that I had rented it to somebody else because I hadn't heard from him and hadn't received any rent. Yeah. Uh, so he was fine with that and he went away. Um, but I later learned he, he hadn't gotten in contact because he was in jail. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So that's the craziest one. The other crazy one was I hired a teenager to mow the lawn at a new at a renovation project we were working yeah. on. And uh, this young guy's having a great time. He mows the front yard and heads into the back yard, comes back about five minutes later. His eyes are this big and he, he's just thrilled and excited and scared all at the same time I'm like what the heck happened did you see a snake what's going on yeah well it turned out there was a lady of the evening with her fella in the backyard oh boy <laughs> and he got a new education <laughs> oh my goodness yeah that's definitely a couple of really crazy situations but it's all part of the journey and all part of the journey. came out on the other side with no major issues so that's funny <laughs> I wonder the if father um, did not kill me. <laughs> I wonder if that other tenant ended up lighting any other units on fire. It's like, as far as I know, there's been no arsons in Calgary. Uh, not where you time, are. So <laughs> maybe he's still in jail. Who knows? So I, I know. know. Um, I guess looping back, like in terms of education, obviously that's a really big thing, and that's one thing I see just in our network. You're always kind of sharing, you know, different tips and lessons and stuff like that. But when it comes to advice, what would you say is probably the best advice you feel like you've ever been given? Uh, I think being given um, manifestation, I think, was one of them. I I didn't understand that if you really put, if you program your RAS that you're looking for something, you will find it. Yeah. Whether you call that praying on it, manifestation, whatever you want to call it, if yeah. you want it bad enough, you will find it. Yeah. I think the best advice I got uh, was don't ask me how much it costs me. Ask me what it makes me. Yeah. You have to spend money to make money. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard to put that money out up front. Yeah. And then uh, just changing your mindset. It's really in the way you look at something. I'm not an empty nester. I'm a yeah. bird watcher. Nice. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I had a, a mentor that I used to take digital marketing courses with, and he had also a course called Agents of Change. And he used to say, you know, if you don't know where you're going, you could end up someplace else. Right. So you've got to define where you want to go and where you want to take your future and your plans and stuff like that. Because a lot of times people are just going day to day as they take it. But if you are manifesting what you want and you're visualizing those things, then it's easier to work that plan back and achieve them. Yeah, yeah, even even uh, more um, micro than that, uh, just wanting to do a land development project myself and along comes the partners with a great land development yeah. project. Like just, just, yeah, it's amazing how those things happen. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Now, obviously you've done a lot in 10 years. What would you say is next for you? Like, do you have a particular goal in mind or a financial freedom number? Like, you know, you've done a lot yeah. during the, the past decade. We achieved our financial freedom number quite a while ago. Can't lie, didn't hurt to have a little bit of capital behind us to start, yeah. uh, got us there a little bit faster. Yeah. Um, so now it really is more about growing growing the corporations. Yeah. I, I love providing homes for people. That really does motivate me, feels good. Yeah. I also, am, uh, I love employing people and providing at least a little bit towards their home income and their lifestyles. So yeah. I like it both. Yeah, no, I can understand that. How would you say real estate investing has changed your life? 
Uh, it's completely empowering. I was very much um, uh, an admin sort of person. I did not feel like I was in control or in charge. I don't think I even felt like an equal partner to my husband. Uh, it was more his life that I was supporting. Uh, and this has changed completely. We support each other. We're, we're partners. We're not yeah. one above the other at all. I just, it's so empowering. Um, I found that uh, the the financial freedom's been quite nice. Uh, I don't have to look at price tags anymore. But at the same time, I found that I appreciate what I have more and I'm less interested in buying new, shiny, fancy because yeah. I don't, I like what I have. <laughs> it's fine. I don't yeah. need that. I've got an old fashioned adding machine on my desk and I love that thing. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't need a fancy new digital something or other for yeah. every aspect of my life. So yeah, I do no, I, I that. like that part. Yeah, no, I love that. Now, obviously, the name of this podcast is Inspired to Invest. So what quotes motivate and inspire you? I I have a few, but my absolute favorite, the one that comes to mind every time is the phrase, don't quit. The N and T in don't and the Q and U in quit are silent. So don't quit, do it. Yeah, That one well, just short to the point, let's go. Yeah, no, I love that. So I'm sure you have no shortage of opportunities for investors. So if anyone does want to get in touch with you to learn more, what's the best and easiest way for them to get in contact? I would say probably via my website. It's lauriemay.ca. If you want to book in in my uh, calendar, I have uh, 30-minute appointments available anytime to discuss anything to do with real estate. Uh, Book in on the REI Sweet Talk page. Uh, happy, happy to talk to absolutely anybody, especially interested in people who are a little bit older, who are looking to how to get going in something like this. This is, uh, this is a bit dear to my heart. Yeah, no, I think that that's so important because I think a lot of people are recognizing that they have failed to prepare for retirement appropriately. And also inflation is crazy. (laughs) I think people need all the help that they can get, especially people that are kind of moving along that could find themselves faced in that situation. Exactly. The Silver Hair Investor Team, that's exactly what that's designed to meet those needs. Yeah, no, I love that. Now, obviously, thank you for your time for today. And for anyone that is watching or listening, please make sure that you like, comment and subscribe below. You can also follow along on social at Inspire to Invest podcast. And of course, above all else, remember when you invest in yourself, the sky's the limit. Thanks again. Thanks again to Fluent Capital for bringing you this episode of Inspire to Invest. The views represented on this podcast are for general information only and does not constitute investment or other professional advice or an offering of securities. The host and guests featured on Inspire to Invest make no representations as to the performance of any particular investment. Should you decide to make an investment, you are responsible for conducting your own review and analysis. It is recommended that you obtain independent legal accounting and tax advice from licensed professionals.